What is going on, Fantasy Alarm Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam. Matt Sells on the road again. It's the Family Times podcast on FantasyAlarm.com. What's going on, Ryan? How you doing? How much, man? The NCAA tournament starts in two hours. The big weekend of fantasy baseball down in New York City. It's out wars. So a lot going on uh, in the world. And, of course, as always, the NFL steals the show. It does. It does, because they can't give any other sport any other shine. You got to have a big week like we've had when it comes to free agency trades and all that in between. By the way, you mentioned the NCAA tournament as we are recording literally at the 11th hour before the tournament begins. Make sure throughout the tournament you're going to FantasyAlarm.com and check out our guys, Pete Cole and Dan Servo Didio. They're going to have DFS. You go to PicksWise as well. You'll get some bets as well for the college basketball, all the college basketball that you can handle. Ryan, where do we begin when it comes to football, though? I mean, we, we spent a last few weeks on baseball. We've got Tout Wars coming up. It'll be great seeing you in New York. I'll be covering it. You'll be hanging in there as well. So I got to ask you, man, when it comes to football, do we go with the low-hanging fruit and talk a little bit about the Rodgers interview? I mean, nothing's even official yet. You know, that's the thing. It's there's everyone's putting the Jets jersey, the digital Jets jerseys on them and everything. And I get that it all should lead that way. But weird things have happened in sports. It's not a done deal until compensation is exchanged. And so even though Rodgers is like, I want to play for the Jets, I feel like people and analysts are putting it out there. He's a Jet just like that. Am I crazy to think that this isn't a done deal yet? I have so many thoughts on this that I just boil in my head that I don't put on social media because I don't feel like dealing with other people's opinions. So in this one, there's no one can answer me besides you, so I'm just going to go off. <laughs> First of all, he's an asshole. For, I've never heard a guy, I don't want attention, that goes on a national podcast and spills fucking everything. Sorry, sales, edit that. Every <laughs> single week. If you don't want attention... Don't go on a podcast, don't say controversial things, and don't act like you're the, the coolest thing ever. So let's stop with this I don't want attention BS. You want attention because you go through it every year. So cut it out. Second of all, they're screwing the Jets. Everyone else is signed. Even Andy Dalton's gone now. So the Jets have no other option. So now the Packers are holding them over the barrel, no Vaseline, nothing, and they're going to get more out of the Jets than they should have. Because Aaron Rodgers had to go in the dark for a few weeks. And yeah, you didn't want anybody to know about that? Again, don't go on a podcast and talk about it. So now the Jets are screwed. They have no second option. Even Mike White's gone, for God's sakes. So if they don't do this trade now, you're looking at a, what, 2-15 and 15 season with Zach Wilson and God knows who else they can. Sam Darnold is signed, for God's sakes. There's no one else. So the Jets... In typical Jets fashion, have screwed themselves completely on a trade that everyone knew was going to happen because there's no one else going after this guy, uh, including the team he's played on for 15 years, won multiple MVPs for, won an MVP, uh, won a Super Bowl with, and they don't want him. Huh. He looked pretty crappy last year. I know he had a couple injuries. I know he was MVP in 2021. He's 39 years old, and these guys fall off a cliff. So, uh, what are the Jets mortgaging everything? Because they're going to have to trade for him. They're not just signing him uh, for, what, a two-year window when Patrick Mahomes and jo Joe Burrow and Josh Allen are in their prime. You ain't getting a Super Bowl. 
So you're going through all this garbage, and you sign Alan Lazard. The one receiver, well, one place you're good at is wide receiver, and now you just add eleven million dollars for something you didn't have to sign. You were good at wide receiver, so does that mean they're trading away one of their wide receivers to get this schmuck? Oh, this whole uh, this whole thing is it, it's so stupid to me. The Jets are going to get. I'm sorry, I know you're a Jets fan, but they're going to get what they deserve. They I mean, should. It's not the Jets' fault though. It's Aaron Rodgers' fault. The Jets. It's not the Jets' fault. But I mean, the Jets aren't out there. It was Aaron Rodgers that was saying that he wants to play for the Jets, so he put he the said that Jets yesterday. In, well, yeah, he, he's yes. This has and been look, going on for a month. This has been going on. So yes, you're right. I mean, look, it's a public negotiation with what's going on with the Jets. You know me. I wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I thought there'd be less risk. I think that he'd be more than serviceable, and that's all that the Jets need with what they have: a strong defense, a bunch of offensive weapons. The Allen Lazard thing. Doesn't do too much for me. It, it really it doesn't. And it's signing, it's just a lot of money. Eleven. It is a lot of money. It's twenty money. twenty plus million guaranteed. I, I, the New York media is is going to eat this guy alive. It's going to be a, a circus with Aaron Rodgers in New York. And you're right. He wasn't the greatest last year. That's the big thing going into this. Again, I wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. I know that a lot of Jets fans wanted Derek Carr. That didn't happen. I wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought it would be cheaper. Now he's in Vegas. And they're wheeling and dealing, trying to reunite a, pa- a combined Patriots team from years <laughs> ago. Just crazy, man. I, it's just, it's that's all we really have to say about it. The whole thing was ridiculous, and nothing is a done deal. And by the way, guess what? If you think a trade is going to happen in the next two days, by waiting until June, they're saving money, the Packers. This is going to be the next two months of our lives. <laughs> that's what it's going to come down to. I thought I read something about that yesterday, but let's leave this schmuckety muck topic and let's go to another one here and talk about some of the other signings because, I mean, we had running backs on the move. David Montgomery going to Detroit. That's very interesting. I guess they're not big fans of DeAndre Swift, huh? I mean, it doesn't seem like they're going to let the training wheels off anytime soon. I mean, David Montgomery is probably better than Jamal Williams or, or you know, on the same level. Uh, and we saw what he did last year, even when Swift was healthy. So, yeah, it clearly seems like Swift is going to be stuck in that seven to nine carry, two to three catch, you know, role. And, and you hope he breaks a, a big player, too. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a game here and there where they, you know, they give him a little bit more. But you don't bring in David Montgomery without, you know, probably going to use him. And, and either they're not confident in Swift's health or they're just not going to let him you know, carry a big load. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, you can't fake that. I mean, he, it's kind of their fault, too. They brought him back too early. I was telling Ronis about this, Adam Ronis, our colleague, that there are a few players last year that were brought back a little too early. Maybe Chris Godwin, definitely Keenan Allen, definitely who we were just talking about. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, DeAndre Swift when you're bringing someone back and you're like, he's so limited, he'll be out there, but he's so limited. Why bring him back at that point? And I let him recover for a few more weeks. It's worth it. Especially if you're going to go on a late season run. It's just, it just seemed worth it there. Another big deal. What about the giants getting Darren Waller? Here's the thing with Darren Waller. When he's on the field, he's a solid talent and they need receiving weapons, but he's missed a good amount of time over the last couple of years. So the Giants, who went all in on Daniel Jones, is a good weapon to get. You team him up with Saquon. They still need a little bit more help. But Darren Waller, it's good by name. It's good on paper. But 
as a Giants fan, I mean, do you think they should be worried about the health issues over the last couple of years? Yeah, the health issues, and I believe he's 30, so he's not a young guy. I mean, I know that's not old. It's old for running backs, not so much you know for the other positions. But it's also just kind of a, a little bit of a red flag, again, that the Raiders are, you'd think, trying to win and just unload one of their top options for a draft pick. And it's a decent draft pick, but it's not like a first-round pick. So uh, you wonder if the Raiders are, are hip to something that you know we don't know, or maybe he, they think he's got one or two years left, so they, they unloaded too soon but instead of too late. Uh, but yeah, like you said, on paper, it's a great move. Uh, you know, He's definitely a dynamic receiver, definitely something that the Giants need. Uh, he immediately, at least as of now, you hope they do more, immediately is their best receiver. Uh, but yeah, the health concerns are real. So, you know, it, does it affect his fantasy stock? I think it's probably a fairly lateral move, but uh, you just, you just, there's a, there's a couple of small red flags, but uh, you know, at first glance, it's a, it's a great move for the Giants. I mean, other running backs on the move, Rashad Penny going to Philadelphia, I mean that that's interesting here. We look, we all know how good Rashad Penny is, but he's Mr. Glass. That's the problem with him. How do you really I mean, I know that the Eagles will involve multiple running backs, and they've got Jalen Hurts who could run the hell out of the ball, right. too. So I get that. Maybe they don't need to put as much wear and tear on him because you got Jalen Hurts doing it. But then you'll have people say, Well, Jalen Hurts shouldn't be running that much to preserve his own health. That's another thought there. Rashad Penny at this point for fantasy despite where he's at right now, still doesn't excite me, man. It's still, to me, thinking in a few months from now where he's going to be, where we're seeing him go in best ball drafts and everything. It seems to me the price tag for fantasy is going to be a little too much considering his injury history. Yeah. Uh, you figure they'll, they'll they'll use him a good deal, but you know it, he's kind of one of these guys that's it's almost if not uh, when, not if the injury comes. So, uh he's very, very good when he's on the field. But like you said, it's just a matter of, it's almost a matter of when he gets hurt. He just, it just always happens with him. It's a shame. He's a, he's a real good back, but uh, he at least goes to a place where, you know, they, they do like to use multiple backs, like you said. Uh, so maybe that will do something to preserve him. I'm in a best ball draft right now. He went in the 13th round. Uh, really? Yeah. It might've been just because it was just free agency and that's when he was signed. So people, you know, didn't know where he landed. And then once he signed, he was drafted because it was just, I think, yesterday that pick was made. I, I see him going in the sixth or seventh round. Of I was thinking even a little bit later, maybe like the eight, nine range, but we'll see. You know, I like I said, this this draft started basically, it's, it's the slowest slow draft I've ever been in. Um, but yeah, he went in 13 pick two. What do you think of what the Panthers have done? I mean, look, they. They made their trade there. They get the number one overall pick. They've been very, very busy. They traded DJ Moore in the process. Good job by Chicago, by the way, in getting him. I think that was very solid. They, I mean, look, that's what you get for – I mean, you talk about how valuable things are like a third-round pick. Oh, my God, I can't believe they trade a third-round pick in this year's draft for this player. This is the first overall pick. Mm -hmm. It's going to get a King's ransom, and that's exactly what Chicago got. So now Carolina, as they wait to draft their quarterback, I mean, they get Andy Dalton. They sign Miles Sanders, which I thought was really good. And then they also get Hayden Hurst as well. So they're building up a little bit. And I kind of like now, look, this is another team that needs help with their receivers. You're talking about Hayden Hurst joining a core of LaVisca Chenault. I mean, dude, Terrace Marshall at this point. 
So, I mean, you're looking at a rebuilding team, but at least they're going to get an establishment going in the run game. I mean, you got Sanders, you got Foreman, Hubbard still, Blackshear. I mean, you got yourself some backs. It's just they don't really have any pass and they don't even know who's going to be throwing them the football. Yeah, I was uh, I filled in for Glenn Colton on Tuesday for Colton and the Wolfman, and we did a little trivia segment. And one of them was if you could name four receivers on the Panthers, and I failed. Uh, <laughs> so it is weird to trade for the number one pick to take your quarterback of the future and trade your best wide receiver in that trade. Uh, I know more is getting up there, but I, I found that to be uh, a little strange. So you would think uh, the plan is to draft another wide receiver pretty high in that draft, uh, hopefully impair them with whoever they pick number one at quarterback. But yeah, they're definitely making some moves. A couple times, you know, we get a notification. We all get notifications on our phones now of free agent moves. And a couple times, like, eh, Carolina's trying. You know, I don't know if it's gonna it's gonna work out perfectly. It's kind of like Jacksonville. You know, a couple years ago, went out and spent a ton of money, and it took a couple years for it to gel. So I kind of see Carolina kind of heading along that trajectory. I don't know. We'll see uh, if it pays off. But uh, you know, it, they're doing better than a lot of other like. I don't know what the Patriots are doing. You know, the Falcons, there's a lot of I'm other teams. I was shocked with what the Patriots did. I was shocked that Juju Smith-Schuster ended up there. Everything I was reading signaled that Kansas City was going to retain him because they didn't want to commit to Miko Hardman. Everything I was reading out there. And I go chasing, man. And it's like, I really don't try. I try not to just read the headlines. I try to chase the story. Also because I'm a journalism nerd and stuff like that. And I like to think of myself as like a reporter, even though I'm not. <laughs> and so I look up those local papers. I look up to see what quotes are out there. Everything I was reading said Juju was going to be back with Kansas City. He goes to the Patriots. And also we couple with that Jacoby Myers goes to the Raiders. I'm not really excited about either one for fantasy, bro. No, I'm not really excited about anything for the Patriots in fantasy, uh, as long as Mac Jones is the quarterback. I just think he's very average. You know, Juju, I'm sure, like last year with the Chiefs, will jump up and have a good game here and there. Uh, but I don't see him being that good that he's going to transform the offense. Uh, they also signed James Robinson, which... I guess the short yardage, maybe goal line situation, but I mean, he was not even active for a lot of the season last what, year. What happened with that? I man? don't know. I liked him a lot. I did too. I, I invest. I, you know what? I'll say it. Out of all of my ten leagues, he was one of my most invested player because he was cheap. Because I kept reading, and it just shows you can't believe everything you read. I kept reading that Doug Peterson really liked this guy wanted to utilize him fully and people were out there being like well he's just coming back from the achilles what you know how is he gonna look is it too soon he actually looked pretty good the first few weeks i don't know what happened bro he faces the texans i bet and remember this i bet the over on like 65 and a half rush yards i thought it was the biggest lock in the world <laughs> and he didn't get there he was like the only one at the time who didn't get there after that, boom, the seesaw. Travis Etienne becomes the guy. I just, I don't know what happened. It was like a Space Jam moment where the Monstars came down, stole his talent, and that was the end of him. I mean, then he went to the Jets, and like I said, he was inactive a lot, you know, yeah. until, you know, some towards the end of the season. So, the yeah, Jets I don't know. I would rather put out Zonovan Knight than James Robinson. It was, it was, an, odd, it was an odd situation. So we'll see if this is going to be – a bounce back situation. I mean, if anyone's going to do that, it's going to be uh, Bill Belichick. So we'll see uh, what happens with James Robinson. But yeah, he's a uh, fantasy. I won't be surprised if he goes undrafted. 
Were you surprised at all that the Dolphins retained all their running backs? I mean, we know what you mentioned, Mike White, two-year deal with them. Look, getting trying well, for what they think is insurance in case Tua, who I don't want to call him injury-prone, but he has a little bit of a checkered history when it comes to his own health. Plus, and this is just a narrative I have in my head, when it comes to anything concussion-related, every time this guy falls, the league is going to be, I think, extra sensitive with Tua after that debacle situation they dealt with him last year. Unfortunately, I think he is now a victim of circumstance. So maybe he's tendered, loved, and cared a little bit more on those sidelines and wouldn't be given the longer leash to possibly return like other quarterbacks. Just my opinion on that. And I, and I think that's, that's valid. As far as the, the running backs, I mean, it wor- it seemed like it worked to me. I mean, you know, they did they weren't Christian McCaffrey, uh, but I think they they the offense ran pretty well until they had no quarterback. So uh, it was probably viewed as a fairly economical way to fill the backfield and two guys they already knew. So I'm going to uh, put you in a situation then, because we we dealt with this situation before. We've dealt with it with Miami, but I remember a few years ago with Tampa, it was who's going to get more carries. Peyton Hillis, not Peyton Hillis. Who was it? I forgot who it was. Ronald Jones or the other running back that they had. Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones. Peyton Hillis. Wow. Former Madden cover Peyton <laughs> Hillis right there. Hero Peyton Hillis. I believe he saved his family. Oh, that's right. Yes. So he's a hero. Nearly sacrificed himself. That's right there. That hats off to him. Respect to him. Toast to him for that. Just sacrificing yourself for your kids. That's what it's all about. That's why you have kids, because of what Peyton Ellis did. But going back to that, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, who they were going to be splitting carries. That's what everybody was thinking. So when were they going in drafts? They were going right next to each other in drafts. This Dolphin situation screams the same thing, because both of these guys have had trouble staying healthy. Both of these guys, though, are capable of running for a good amount of yards, and especially Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert's got like a above five yard per carry career. The problem is the health issues. But when you're looking at this, does it make you just not interested in either of these backs or thinking that you might have to be open to investing a eighth and ninth round pick to get both these guys and lock up the backfield? Yeah, I mean, I think. I think you have to go into the season figuring it would be similar to last year where I think when Mostert was healthy, he was the guy. And then when he was dinged up, it was Wilson. But I can also see a situation where, you know, they kind of trade off like in order to keep them both healthy. Cause like you said, they, they both had some problems. So maybe Mostert gets 18 carries one week and Wilson gets 17, which would be the nightmare for fantasy. Cause then you never know who it's going to be. Uh, but I could see that happening. You know, one guy getting off to a hot start and then get it, you know, getting, the ride for the game and then it changing next week. So uh, I could certainly see that being the case, but I think going into drafts since we, you know, they both ended up on the same team. I think we at least have to figure and, and, you know, hope that it's kind of the same as last year and most of it will come out of the gate, getting more carries. Congratulations, by the way, your 49ers getting Javon Hargrave. One of the prize pieces of free agency, man. Wait, wait, I don't look. How much more protection and can you get right there when it comes to how much more defense can you get on this team? I mean, you're looking at a team that has what? Kinlaw, Armstead, Bosa. I mean, how much more muscle do you need, Ryan? <laughs> what a deal. I saw that. I was legit excited for you, man. You deserve nice things. They've been so close, your 49ers. See, with my Jets, they do it to themselves. 
So yeah. they don't sniff the playoffs here. But you guys, it's like the, the dangling stake because you're right there. And then something happens always. And still, between the depth and how great the organization is, you guys always manage to make do. Lance goes down. Here's Garoppolo, who we thought was out of town. Garoppolo goes down. Oh, look, this guy, Brock Purdy. And it's like, dude, getting Hargrave, man, you had to have been excited for that. Oh, de definitely. I, I would love a signing on the offensive line, considering, like you said, we've gone through three quarterbacks the last year. Uh, but I didn't think the offensive line isn't isn't bad. I know McGlinchey ended up with the Broncos, which was fine because he was the one who was, you know, hip checked by Hassan Reddick on his way to Brock Purdy's busted elbow. Uh, so not like I don't figure that he was much of a loss, but yeah, man, the defense is the key. I mean, you saw what, you know, they were able to do. They stayed in that game with Philly for the first half, even with no quarterback. Uh, so I, I love the pass rush. It, it makes, it makes a secondary better because the quarterback doesn't have as much time to throw. So, uh, and, and they, you know, they, they let go, uh, Jesus, I was just going to say it. Now the whole thing went out of my head. The guy they let go to the Colts, uh, DeForest Buckner. You know, drafted Kinlaw's had a hard time staying healthy. So I think, you know, the Hargraves fills the hole of, of what they had with, with Buckner and, and hope that Kinlaw can stay healthy. And then the, the defensive line is just unbeatable. Remember the drama last offseason with Javon Kinlaw? When, oh, yeah. Grant when Cone. Grant Cohn, oh, my God. That's what happens when you are a broadcaster, when you are a reporter, when you are a writer, when you are a podcaster, you gotta, you gotta face the people sometimes that you're criticizing and you gotta be careful. And if you're like him, whose father, Lolcom, who's very known out in the San Francisco area, very respected writer, what happened was last season, I mean, this guy's son, who's now does his own thing. I, He's I, an ass on yeah. purpose. He, and he, I mean, I've he blocked him on like Twitter. That's how he, much he wants to get clicks and a lot of people want to get clicks, but he was calling out Javon Kinlaw being in the trainer's room. He's given out some intimate details and Javon Kinlaw goes up to him before practice, literally goes right up to him, puts his chest on him and says pretty much say what you're going to say to me now. And he shriveled up. And then once the incident was over, this kid goes on a little rip being like, what, Javon, what? And it's like Javon Kinlaw then calls into his little webcast and everything. <laughs> and it was it just great. Like, that's the thing. If you're going to criticize someone, this is why we tell you jerk offs out there. Not all of you, I mean, you guys aren't, but for just your friends off. that want to tweet at the athletes, you sucked for my fantasy team. Get the hell out of there with that. Don't do that. Tweet at us. Blame Ryan, okay? Blame Matt Sells. He's not here. So you know what? Blame me. That We can take it. That's what we're here for. You don't want to blame yourselves. You need someone to blame. Blame us. Do not go after these athletes. Fantasy does not mix with the reality that is going for a championship. You can still be a good contributor, whether you're good in the locker room, whether you're keeping players calm on the bench and distress and not put up the stats and still have yourself a good game and be impactful. Fantasy, that doesn't mix with fantasy. It's not all about the stats. I hate that, man, when I see people tweeting at these athletes. Yeah, I mean, you get some guys like Austin Eckler and a few like that who are just, like, ingrained in it and kind of, like, joke around. And I feel like think, that's... You think, though, because Austin Eckler is very public about embracing the fantasy audience that he should he, he's more open to getting criticized or do you think that he should be treated like all the other athletes because he embraces fantasy i mean if anything i think it it 
he should be treated better. I mean, because he actually does interact with people. I know he does show with Liz Loza, uh, you know, and to give prizes away if he's on your team. So, like, he's like in bed with tr- trophy smash. I think we should be like happy that there's athletes that, you know, are like that, that are, you know, to give the, the, legitimacy to the game and all so if anything i think he should be given a little i mean like you said i don't think any of them should be you know insulted or tweeted at like they don't give a crap about your fantasy team no one gives a crap about your fantasy team but you let's be honest so i yeah none of them should be like if they have a bad game like they're really happy about it to begin with and they want to hear some jack off on twitter giving them a hard time about it but i mean I let's like be honest rogers said the whole shit i told you what i told shefty lose my number <laughs> Lose my number. <laughs> nice try, though. T H O. But he doesn't. He doesn't want attention, though, right? No, he doesn't want attention. No, he doesn't. Media. No, not media. at all. It's all the media. Well, I figured if he was going on this, I mean, I I tried to think of is there a way that the Packers can keep him from going on McAfee's show until there's a deal done or anything like that. But now, like you said, oh, if you're the Packers at this point. You got to think you have all the leverage. All the leverage. Rodgers just goes on there and says, I want to play for the Jets. And like you said, that they're going to hold the Jets over a barrel because now you've got all the Jets fans that are going to be outraged if you don't get Aaron Rodgers at this point. I hate to say it, but I saw someone, I saw Joe Dolan on Twitter. You know, Joe Dolan, yeah. a good friend of ours here, Fantasy Points. He, he even wrote, Well, is all this worth it? Or nope. you maybe have Gardner Minshew. And you make sure you lock him up for a year or so. He's not out there anymore. He's in Arizona. You lock up someone like that. You just need someone serviceable. Rodgers wasn't that good last year. By the way, somebody else who he was good for fantasy because he got into the end zone, but really wasn't good last year. Ezekiel Elliott, man. Mm. Cowboys getting rid of him. I'm not surprised by it, but at the same time, the focus was on, well, they're not bringing Tony Pollard back. But now... This comes out, this changes everything right here, man. I mean, you think Zeke is done. I mean, fantasy players will be like, look at the numbers, look at the points. Getting into the end zone is deceptive when it comes to how good or bad the runner was. And this running back, while he did score a lot of touchdowns, that pretty much carried his weight, wasn't really impactful on the ground. I think he's done as an impactful fantasy player. I'm sure he's going to land on a team, uh, you know, he'll probably be in the seven or eight carries a game. Uh, you know, he's uh, clearly a great goal line back. You know, maybe he'll revitalize himself as a Jerome Bettis type from, you know, 20 years ago. But I think the days of him being a featured back and, and eating, as he would say, uh, I think those are long done. Yeah, geez. Well, we're going to have to see what happens there. I mean, still more free agency news coming out. Make sure you're following us on FantasyAlarm.com, especially our guy Andrew Cooper, who's all over the free agency tracker on the site, constantly being updated. Just incredible. I mean, he's probably loving this right now. NCAA tournament about to start here, and here we are talking about all of these moves that continue to get made. It's just incredible. It really is. I mean, even the whole Darius Slay story. They're releasing him. They're not releasing him. Just like it was It was crazy what was going on. Now we're seeing even more. He's going to still stick with the Eagles. I love this, man. I, I mean, I love the back and forth reporting there. It's cool. You know what I don't love? I don't love when the team I root for in baseball, who has the best <sighs> closer in baseball, pulls, I guess, what, a Kendrys Morales and injures himself while celebrating. 
That's Mets. That's the Mets for you. Jeez. It is the freaking Mets, man. It is the freaking Mets. The Mets. Let me tell you guys something. I don't know who was around in 1986, but everybody collectively. Ryan was around. You were you a Mets fan back then? I, I was. Yeah. You were. Was. Okay. Ryan Hallam. So this is kind of your fault. And all of Mets faithful in 1986. You sold your soul for that World Series. That World Series was done. The home employee for the Mets organization, because the final couple of games were at Shea Stadium, the employee flashed congratulations to the Boston Red Sox. That series was done, and someone sacrificed their soul, sacrificed any success in the Mets' future for that title. The one problem is I wasn't around yet to enjoy that title. I could have been one years old. I would have taken credit for it. But now you're going into this year after essentially getting upset, a 100-win team that was bounced in the in the first round. I mean, it's just – it's so unfortunate, and it's so Mets, man. And now major – especially like we're coming off labor drafts and everything like that. This guy like tore his knee up celebrating in the World Baseball Classic. Here's the only thing, and it's terrible. It really is, and uh, you know I've never been a World it can happen to anybody. Classic fan, but someone, okay, someone's not going to step in to be what Evan Diaz was last year. But you can figure a closer out, kind of like Yankees. Okay, all of a sudden last year Clay Holmes came in and he was lights out when he was healthy. I mean, we always find four or five closers during the year who come in and you know are are great that we weren't expecting. So. Uh, and you also have an owner with bottomless pockets. Uh, so, you know, whether it's someone on the team or whether they can some someone to go out, I, I think it's better than losing a starting pitcher or Pete Alonzo or, or something. You know, it, it's bad. and it's, It stinks for him. I mean, they didn't even win the thing. It was just advancing to the quarterfinals and they acted <laughs> like they won the series. I didn't understand it. It's like storming the court. after. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't even really a big game. Uh, to have that happen is really terrible. But I, I think it is uh, someone that the Mets are at least hopefully capable of replacing, not on his level, but on a serviceable level or satisfactory level. Uh, so it's not – it could have been – they could have had a, a bigger loss than that. Hey, the Tigers lost Joel Zumaya playing Guitar Hero. Injured, <laughs> injured his arm all up from that, from Guitar Hero. Crazy. Just – Random things that happen like this, Ryan. I just I don't understand. It's I don't. By the way, how you doing? As we move to the family table, how you doing in the fantasy basketball league that you're in? Oh, I am in the semifinals, and there I'm losing. Oh, so I should have lost in the quarterfinals, but here we go. With pron- pronouncing name is it Kelly Oubre. Yes, uh, he did not play the final day for my opponent, and someone else didn't play. Uh, maybe I think it was Keldon Johnson sat on a Sunday. And I squeaked in uh, through that round, and I am absolutely torching my opponent this week. Uh, everyone is cruising, so I have a huge lead with a few days to go. Damn, so it looks so like you- I'm going to make the finals. Uh, hopefully Ty- Tyrese Halliburton comes back and continues to play and stops sitting, and Zach Collins can stop sitting. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. That is, yeah. because you, you've got teams like the Pacers, the Spurs, the Pistons. They're all messing. Even a Thunder, to an extent, still sitting Shea Gilgis-Alexander in back-to-backs. It's it, You've got a few teams that are going to want to start tanking, and if the Spurs are going to be winning. The Spurs want Victor Webanyama, the prize, oh, yeah. into this year, more than anything. They want him. They have, been, they have been more public about that than the Jets have been in their pursuit of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers to come full circle. And they if, if, want Webanyama 
and they're not going to get him if they start winning games at the end of the year. That's a team that can actually use him. You can't rely on Zach Collins as a long-term piece. He's better in short stints, otherwise he gets injured. That's his history. So I just I, – they need Webb and Yama. There are a few teams like the Thunder, for instance. They have a zillion draft picks. They've got Chet Holmgren, their second overall pick, who's been out all year, suffered a – it's funny, we talk about Edwin Diaz. You talk – he suffered Holmgren a Liz Frank injury – in a charity basketball game when LeBron James stepped on his foot. Uh, so we didn't even get to see him, the second overall pick in the prize center of the Thunder. So they've got a center already, and they've got a bunch of draft picks. So that's why it's like Oklahoma City, you should be trying to get in the play-in tournament, and you don't need Webanyama, theoretically. Mm. So your Spurs, though, they want him badly. I'll yes, tell you that, that would be good. So if uh... – you know, Bam will actually start rebounding again, and Christian Wood can go back to what he was in December. Uh, I have a, feel like I have a shot at winning the whole thing. Christian Wood was having a good game. The thing is with Christian Wood, he's going to continue to come off the bench. And also the problem is with Dallas, just so much usage between Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic starting in the same backcourt as well. So, yeah, man, I mean, look, I, I'll tell you this. I have fun with the Spurs, especially for DFS, they're always at good values for my value videos <laughs> on fantasyalarm.com. Let's hit the family table here, Ryan, because we're actually, we might actually get to sit at a legit table together. That's right. This, in the, this weekend, it's going to be a great time. If you're in New York city, come hang out with the touts and you'll get to talk all the fantasy baseball, Babip, Woba. You know, not everybody does that. I know people, oh, fantasy nerd convention. Oh. I'll tell you this. There's definitely a divide between people who are sitting at tables talking about XFIP and then people who are just BSing like me and Ryan the entire time, just like trying to have a good time kick back. There's there's room for both, but it's not all we're sitting there talking score sheet baseball and stratomatic, you know? Yeah, I would say it's it's less than half are doing that. Most yes. of the- most of it is just, you know, fun conversation. But, uh, you know, we, we didn't really talk about it at all. But with the NCAA tournament coming uh, later today, and, we you know, not that we want to be moms here, but, of course, uh, you know, bet within your means, of course, always. You know, there's going to be a lot of money thrown down over the next, you know, three weeks. So always be careful of what you're doing. And with St. Patrick's Day tomorrow, if this podcast gets up, uh, remember the drinking and driving all weekend. Uh, so have a lot of fun this weekend responsibly. I think that's very important as well. And again, you know, you gotta, there's Ubers, there's plenty of things you could do. You're, you're not being any more powerful. You're not being any more impactful. You're not doing anything positive when you get behind the wheel after having a few drinks. So yes, St. Patrick's Day, be merry, but be responsible about it as well. What I'm bringing to the family table is this fantasy basketball playoffs here. You got to start. Here's some advice for everybody. It doesn't matter how your team looks at the end of the day. You might have to drop some players. For instance, I'm in a very tight battle with John and Pemba in my home league in the quarterfinals right now in my points league. And I've had to drop players like Trey Jones. Why? Because I need assurance and I need players to play. And I have a move max per week in my home league as well. And I have an injured Luka Doncic, which is massively impactful in a points league. And so if you have to drop a good player so you survive the week, you drop the player. Try to get them back when it comes to waivers. If you can't, you can't. But don't think, well, 
what if I don't drop this player? I mean, sometimes you have to drop guys who are tier two and tier three players to pick up someone to stream for a game or two. That's how it works in fantasy basketball. Teams are going to start sitting players more and more. We're seeing it happen already, and we still have a few weeks to go. So make sure you're checking back in, and you're going to the fantasy basketball Discord as well. I've been in there talking with all of you. Shout out to Flem Dog and DeMarco and HR. So for all of you that need help in your playoffs, let's take it home. Let's win it. And hopefully you don't have any playoff action during the final week of the season because it's a total crapshoot. He is Ryan Hallam. Ryan, you see Survivor, by the way, the newest episode. Of course. Yeah, well, guess what? We just lost our number one overall picking. Yeah, a lot of people did, I'm sure. Christ, man. Christ, I've lost to Helen Lee, the puzzle queen, and I've lost Claire. So I'm stuck with Heidi, meaning I'm not winning Ryan Hallam's fantasy survivor league. I am not winning this year. I've got my one title, and that's it. He is Ryan Howell. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Fighting Chance. Give me a follow, at Fence Sports. Matt Sells will be back with us next week. Maybe we'll have a fun story or two from Tout Words. If you're around, see you this weekend. If not, we'll see you at another time, and that'll be next week here on the Family Times Podcast because a family that sticks together wins together.